Welcome back to the program. Do you have kids in the public education system and you're trying to work your way through this remote learning thing and it is not easy, it is extremely difficult to do so. I mean, I'm not a teacher and you're probably thinking, I'm not a teacher either. And I tell you what, a lot more respect for teachers after trying to do it a little bit. And I, I've barely done any of it because I spend you know, my days here at the uh, television studio and uh, you know, preparing this radio broadcast. So it, it falls to uh, the children's mom ex- pretty much, almost exclusively. And it's hard. And it's hard to be on top of it all the time. And there's a new report from, the, from People for Education. Uh, it says that uh, 65% of elementary schools fundraise to offset the, tech, the cost of technology. And 74% of elementary schools with a high average family income fundraise for technology compared to 57% of schools with low average family incomes. My point here is that, and you knew this before the pandemic, is that places that are wealthier, those schools do fundraising, and those kids in those schools get better educations. And so that the the playing field was already uneven. And you've heard us talk about this in, about COVID-19. You know, it, they, you know, initially they're like, oh, the, the virus doesn't respect uh, borders. It treats everybody the same. Well, it might not respect borders, but it doesn't treat everybody the same. It impacts lower-income people much more, and especially when it comes to kids in low-income areas because their schools are not fundraising to get technology. And now we're in a situation where if you don't have technology, you pretty much have no learning at all. Annie Kidder is with People for Education. Welcome back to the program, Annie. Always great to have you on. Thank you very much. I'm just going to tell a story first, which is I saw a picture of a, of a note written in huge letters on the side of a car saying, Dear teacher, you told me my son was a joy to have in class. You <laughs> lied. <laughs> I thought it was so great. <laughs> like, uh, I think I, there are a lot of people going through you know, many experiences right now. Yeah, I, I think it. <laughs> and and it, but it it you know it sort of depends where your kids are in in the grades. Um, mm-hmm. My my coanker Far and Oscar, her, kid, her kids are quite a bit younger, so her her experience is really different from mine, which I have uh-huh. a, a son in grade six and a daughter in grade fourteen. But both uh-huh. of us are able to you know provide the kind of technological support to yeah. at least be able to begin it, and that makes us very fortunate. And not everybody is in the same boat. No, absolutely, and I think that there, you know one of the big things that this is. You know, it's not that it exposed, but it made everybody realize how important schools are, um, that that they they perform many, many functions. And one is exactly what you said to kind of level the playing field, but also that, you know, it, it, technology is really, really, really important, but that we also, you know, schools have real people in them, one-on-one, face-to-face relationships, uh, social lives, uh, you know, extracurricular activities, sports, lots of different kinds of staff. So they they mitigate, if you will, the the huge differences among families and their and their capacities to um, to support their kids' education. For for one thing, you know, parents aren't they're we're not necessarily meant to be teachers, um, but there, that you know, we already knew before that there was a big difference depending on your socioeconomic status, and this current situation has really, really exposed that. And it is then, you know, so when we looked at technology from a lot of different sort of angles, we went, it, technology, it's not just a, 
a thing. It's not just a computer. It, technology can be a strategy for supporting all kinds of learning for new ways of thinking and collaborating and, uh, you know, working with people in different countries even. Uh, but it has to be supported by really strong policy and it has to be supported by adequate funding or exactly as you said, um, you end up with a kind of, you know, the divide which is already there between have and have not schools where some schools have access to lots to all the sort of bells and whistles and other schools don't we had a bit of a shell game from the provincial government where they made an announcement you know know, all about uh, we're gonna you know send out tablets and laptops and all the rest of this and then it turned out that those were actually existing stores that the individual Mm -hmm. school boards already had how is the government doing in terms of providing the kind of technology to lower income families that need it well i think that you're exactly right it was it's it really is up to school boards government you know the provincial government doesn't reach right down into your neighborhood not in that many ways so school boards have been relying on the uh the stock that they already had on the funding that they already had uh in order to provide and they did an incredible job most school boards they got in touch with every single family to find out do you, is there are there more things you need and to give the province credit they said we're going to make sure this happens if it takes school bus drivers driving materials out to families they're going to do that and i think school boards have really risen to the occasion so they have tried to make sure that um you know every family who needs it has whatever kind of device that they need but when we looked at the the funding and if we think about you know it's 2020 and that we all, I can't imagine how we would live right now without technology. Um, the actual sort of per pupil funding for, for just hard costs, things like computers and laptops and software, that hasn't increased for 10 years. So we can see there's a problem there right away that school boards then are having to, you know, augment that funding from other pots. And when we looked at the funding, there are a lot, there are a bunch of different pots of funding that are supposed to cover the costs of technology. And we went, maybe it would help if it was a little bit bit more comprehensive if we, you know, thought overall, what's our overall policy provincially about technology and how overall should it be funded rather than, you know, cobbling it together in bits and pieces. I noticed a uh, email popped into my inbox from my daughter's high school and among the things that uh, the principal from that high school uh, posted was the guiding principles for remote learning. And I'm not certain if this mm-hmm. is a provincial guideline or a TDSB guideline, mm-hmm. but number four on those principles, engage all students, especially those who have been historically underserved and those who may not be able to participate. Do you think that the education system is succeeding in that? I think it's having a hard time. There was a really kind of poignant post from a teacher on Facebook about his worry was that he was reaching the kids that were always reachable uh, in school too, but that what he was worried about was the kids, this is in a high, he's a high school teacher, was the kids that he wasn't reaching and that, that they were the kids that were already uh, a bit disengaged and that this situation had, you know, just amplified that disengagement. So 
it's hard. I mean, to give everybody credit, you know, I mean, I talked to the Minister of Education and he said, I'm not an expert on, you know, pandemic education or education in a pandemic. And I went, I'm not sure anybody is, but it's so everybody's trying to figure out how to do this. There are teachers phoning, you know, people's homes to, you know, try to learn more about what's going on. But it's not like you can just make it a rule and thus it will be so. Um, We have to figure, you know, there's a lot of of learning that's happening right now about how to do this and how what makes a difference. I just read a thing this morning going uh, with an education expert saying, I think that he thought the things teachers had to notice was who wasn't engaged and that maybe they, you know, once we were back in, you know, some kind of future land where we kids could go to schools that they needed to focus more on making sure that they were reaching out to students and engaging them so that they wouldn't be so likely to kind of disappear off the map uh, when things like this happen. Annie Kidder from People for Education. Always great to talk to you, Annie. Thank you so much. Thanks a lot. Okay, bye-bye.